Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend yeah. of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. Masters of the Cinematic Universe. I'm Joe. Eric's here. Doug's here, and we have someone else special today. Who do we Who have is with it? us? Hey, how you doing? This is Todd from. Uh, well, no, <laughs> I'm so used to saying that. <laughs> you can do it. Go ahead. You had one man. job. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Todd me... Novak. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that, that's my. That's what I said. Clapped. Believe, believe me, I know. I got. Yeah. I think I'm yeah. the most clapped guest in the history of your show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I proud think. of that. Oh man. Okay, so you want me to do that again? No, no. Take we her. we we no, leave just, it in warts and all, but okay, oh yeah, this this will play. So Todd, so what show is Joe talking about? Uh, that is the Guitar Knobs podcast. Yeah. It was actually a really fun show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And that's where I got to meet John Esterly, and then we talked about him hitting peacocks with trains. That yes. is true. Yes. I was on that episode. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. But, yeah, the Guitar Knobs, man, that's the first gear-related podcast I ever listened to when I got back into this crazy game, and it's my favorite, you know? I, wow. Every, I every episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great, I mean, it's a great yeah. cast. I Thank had the you. best time when I was on, and yeah, you guys are the best. I can't. I'll, I'm fanboying right now. I'm letting, you know that. <laughs> wow, no, I that, am for real, Todd. Man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Like when you said when you said you wanted to do this, but not only that, you were just so excited about it. 
I, I was in my glory. I still. I am. wasn't going to so let you not let me on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It was so great because you, your your enthusiasm was so genuine because you didn't even really know about it. And I mentioned it on my on the episode I was on, and I could hear it in your voice. Oh and yeah. It just made me feel so good. So I'm, yeah, I'm thrilled you're here, buddy. Yeah, awesome. Well, it's good to be with friends, and I and I love movies, and I love talking about them. So like, yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. excellent, excellent. Yeah, that's why. It's kind of why we do this. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, I, wait, I, that's why we do this. I mean, <laughs> that's why I do this. I don't yeah, know. Especially exactly, this man. one, right? No, no, I'm not getting paid. <laughs> Eric does it for the ladies. Because <laughs> because yeah. ladies want to hear like a bunch of dudes get drunk and talk about movies. <laughs> Nothing gets them going like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> oh shit. Um, so what's new in you guys' lives? What's going on? Yeah, all right. I'll go. Um, well, it's cool. My 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 daughter is up uh, north in New Hampshire visiting her oldest brother and his wife. Um, again, the, this first time they've seen each other since their wedding uh, last August, because uh, everybody's fully vaccinated now. So um, I'm just excited for them. Um, it warms my heart as a dad, just knowing that you know we've gotten some pictures of them hanging out already and barbecuing up there. Um, it's warmer up in northern new hampshire than it is where i am in, in this the south coast of mass today um and it, yeah it's just it's just a it's a good day good weekend for me knowing that they're hanging out and that pretty soon you know we're all going to be getting together so i'm, oh, I'm yeah. excited i like when you say up north like because you don't have very far to go like, no. you're literally almost out of country right like, no if me and eric say up north it could be georgia <laughs> well i know but the, see they're they're in new hampshire they're closer to canada than they are to even boston Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's how far north they are um so you know it's, that is the land of the snow the uh the white mountains up there so yeah it's like just going past the wall and fucking game of thrones yeah pretty it, it is the other side <laughs> of the wall there's definitely wildlings and all sorts of creatures uh, yeah you get the andrew walsh walkers yeah <laughs> <laughs> God Love you, buddy. yeah so so yeah it's just a cool it's a heartwarming uh weekend for me just for that reason so nice. yep all right, who's next? Uh, well, what's new for me? I got my first uh, Pfizer vaccine. Uh, so I, I was, uh, I had a rough night because I had the old sore arm, and I, you know, kept waking up every thirty minutes because I'd, I'd lean over onto that arm, and it was uh, kind of agonizing. But I'm happy to have it halfway done, and uh, it was cool, man. Like I, I went to a mall, and it was in like a burnt out Macy's. Oh, please so, tell me, please tell me it was Magic Mall. No, that would have been better. <laughs> but it just felt very like post-apocalyptic. It was kind of neat. Um, other than that, I was sent a cut of the short film that I made years and years mm. ago. Bonus uh, episode. With my buddy, Tim. And uh, the movie we're going to talk about today, you might hear me talk a lot of shit about this film. <laughs> just keep in mind... After all of that, that I made this thing, and I have no room to speak. Because <laughs> it is bad, bad. Yeah, we're going to do a bonus episode, like Joe said, for that one. That's going to be fun. That'll be yeah. fun. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Fun. Joe, what's um, going on with you, bud? Well, uh, to, to go on with the vaccine trend, my wife got a uh, her, her vaccine shot, her first shot, too, so my arm is sore as well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, I got a car, though. I talked about it in next episode also. But... <laughs> Wait, how'd you do that? 
Yeah, yeah. Time I, talk, I talked about it in a future. Yeah, it's, it's it's silver, so it's kind of like a DeLorean, and it's it can go eighty eight miles an hour at least. I can tell at you least, that. yeah, yeah. It can also go up to one hundred and forty at least. <laughs> awesome, but yeah, yeah, so that's fun. Uh, cool. Yeah, I don't think really got much else going on. Um, yeah, uh, everything else is pretty much the same. I got I got some beer. It's really really good. Yeah, You're about yeah, four, some kind of milk in. milk stout. Yeah, I had to prepare for this episode. A ten percent, creme brulee, milk stout. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, I needed something to dull the pain as well. Yeah, I was trying All to right. search and destroy my brain cells. <laughs> what you got going on, Todd? Woof. Well, uh, <laughs> he's many, thinking uh, of signing have off. Have to have a shower after this one. <laughs> um, well, actually, I'm I'm really really excited because I'm I'm gearing up right now for um, on the 16th of April is the Guitar Knob's fifth anniversary. Nice. Wow, the, uh, that's so five cool. years after the first episode, and it's yeah, it's you know we did a 200th show, you know, huge giveaway, gave away all kinds of stuff. Oh, I but got we got stuff, really yeah. something special coming for um, the we've got patreon supporters that are going to i think hopefully be very happy and um cool. so just gearing up for some of this stuff and um i just had a, a a pretty big birthday and um got an, ele- an, an a new bike it happens to be electric i didn't try to get an electric bike i just was like i want this i want this i want this and I, so i got this bike and it's electric and it looks it looks pretty badass i'm not gonna lie it's like matte black and it's nice. just oh, nice looks, it looks super tough when you're not pedaling that's kind of the it's like <laughs> it it's kind of one of these weird things like technically i guess you could say it could be in a, an old man bike because it's electric <laughs> it's, it's it has it's electric. a component but woogie, it looks woogie. it looks like you know like a stealth bike Right, it's just right. such a weird dichotomy of like, well, what is going on here? <laughs> so, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, what's going on with the band? You guys oh, got my stuff band, coming up? The, yeah. the Valentinos. Yes, we uh, actually are recording new material, trying to get oh. into studio for a second album, and um, I'm really, really excited about uh, some of the development of the new stuff. Um, the Excellent. first album that we have out was, uh, you know, it uh, did. You know, it's weird. You put something in, and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. And we got, I was very pleased with what you know, the response we got. We got some very good numbers on Spotify. And I think the biggest kick out of the whole thing, which is weird for certain, I guess, depending on how old you are, you know, if I'm talking to somebody who is in high school right now, and I say, it was a like a major thrill of my life to get my song on the radio to listen yep. to my song be set up on the radio yeah because now it's like well why would you be listening to the radio <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's kind of a weird no thing. Exactly. it's like as a kid exactly. it's like that's all i ever you dream of that yeah so well yeah. i that was one of my most played albums on spotify last year oh wow thanks man um, that's... i dig it so much if you it, it guys it's old school Hard driving, rock and roll. There's no other way to sum it up. I mean, just loud guitars, but played beautifully. Uh, it's the the album's mixed 
flawlessly. Um, and the songs are great. Um, Thank you. I, I, Thank you. I, yeah, it's it, it hit my, I think, my top ten for most played for, dude, that's for last wow. year. Yeah. Man, um, dude, that's no. – that makes me feel so. I awesome. couldn't. Thank I couldn't you. stop listening, man. I couldn't stop listening, and and I still I pop gotta, it on. I gotta check um, that out. Yeah, no, man. you do really. The Valentinos. Um, yeah, look them up on Spotify. Do you have because, a, Is there any particular track that you were that you liked more, or or anything like that? Um, the one that's see. It's okay if you don't know you. the names. I yeah, don't no, understand. that's the thing. It's like I don't know the names of anything. Like I've already yeah. forgotten the characters' names in Ocean's Eleven, and we just spent two and a half hours talking <laughs> about it. Okay, I that's mean, just my old man brain. It's yeah. the one that starts off kind of slow and then just like oh, kicks yeah, in. Oh, yeah, with the tremolo? Yes, that's the yeah. one. Um, that's my favorite tune on the album. I tell yeah. you what. That's a thing it's... for guys that are in podcasts and have bands. So his other top two bands are Playing Without a Pilot and Day to Remember. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm, I, I won't lie about the plane without a pilot. A day to remember, I didn't know who that was till a week ago. So, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> yeah, I know, Joe. Um, but yeah, Todd, I, I, that's why I asked because I, I'm a big fan, a big fan of the band. Um, I really appreciate that. Thank your you. lead singer, she has it all. Oh man, she just yeah. like she's the whole package. She's smoking hot. She's mean <laughs> as hell. Yes. Um. She honestly, like, like we have a like when we are practicing. Within thirty seconds, we're like fighting, but it's kind of like the good <laughs> fighting. It's the kind yes. of fighting that makes things good. But yeah. we, you know, we, we love hanging out together. We're great. Um, and she's like five foot one, but she sounds like a freight train. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I, I yes, the, the whole package, Joe. If 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 Rosa from. Brooklyn Nine Nine with a lead singer in a band. Okay, that's the energy you get nice. uh, from this. I, like, I've, all, I've always been more of a Santiago guy myself, but I can see how the Rosa one no, would be good. Ro- <laughs> this is Rosa energy is is what I what I mean, and yeah. it's channeled in oh, such I saw a great her way. In something else. Oh, she was in Modern Family. She's oh, really? um, Sofia Vergara's sister from Colombia. Oh. oh, that's cool. I was like, oh shit, there's Rosa. She does a lot of voiceover uh, stuff for uh, animation too. Yeah. Wow, and we then, just went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. And then to bring it back, um, I was watching because my wife watches Modern Family with me. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, you should watch Big Trouble because Sophia Vergara is in that. Like, but you can't yeah. even tell it's her. No, you can't. You can't. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. So I just, I, I just definitely wanted to bring that t- to light because everybody should get on the Valentino's bandwagon because it's, yeah. uh, it's some kick-ass rock and roll. Oh, Hell man. yeah! That's Thank what's you up. so much. And Todd, we wanna we wanna raise you up before we tear you down. Yeah, that was part of why I brought it up. <laughs> I, we are yeah. currently in the search portion of the episode. <laughs> before you got destroyed. Before we got to the destroy portion. I'm of the telling episode. you, I'm gonna change your minds. Right. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm, I'm here to evangelize this 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 movie. I've this is one of those movies that I've recommended. You know, there's there's some albums, there's movies, there's books where you're like, if someone says, I read books, and you're like, oh, you have to read this book. <laughs> yep. I have done that with this movie so many times. That's me. I'm that guy that, like, reads some obscure shit and tells people they need to read it. Yeah. Joe does that. There's an author called Dave Barry, and he really shits on Kia's a lot, and it brings so much joy to my heart. Because <laughs> <laughs> both Doug and Eric drive Kia's. Nice. Yeah, so... That's why it brings joy to Joe's heart. I like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, to crush our hearts. Yes. all over them. Yeah. Well, you know, you guys are talking about, okay, so I think the cat's out of the bag. You hate this movie. 
Well, we... hate's not necessarily the right word. Okay. No, I can't say I hate it. I'm being honest okay. with you. I don't um, hate it. I'm just like, it tortures me. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, T- Todd, I'll say this. I yes. found things in this movie that I really enjoyed. Yes. There we go. Right? Yes. Okay. That there were little nuggets for me, and we'll get into these, but like, you know, as as like an 80s, 90s kid and seeing some movies come out like uh, like the Link Later thing with Slacker and, and Kevin mm-hmm. Smith with Clerks and that mm-hmm. that kind of energy, like that mm-hmm. indie, um, you know, very dialogue heavy energy. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it like, in the distance, like, oh, okay, I could, there's some things here, but yeah. man, oh man, it just, it was overshadowed by a lot. <laughs> like as yeah. a kid who grew up in Miami, um, you know, I would go to Miami Beach every once in a while. And at a distance I see like I'm like, damn, that's probably a good looking girl. And then the closer I get, I start realizing it's not even a woman. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> it's just a drag queen and I'm like, Oh god. I like I should have just I should have left this at a far. <laughs> Joe Wow. That that was like the quintessential you. That that yeah. that description yeah. right now. That we, analogy. We used to have like this thing called check the neck. You'd always have to check the neck. The neck. That's hilarious. Check the wow. neck. Wow. That neck. should be a t shirt that they sell in one right. of those shops. Oh yeah. Check the neck. You know, okay, so he, I I mentioned before the show it, that you know, you guys gave me a fair warning that you're not gonna go easy on this. <laughs> and in and when I said that I had a a good retort for this. Last night, so my daughter, one of my daughters, I've got three daughters. One of my daughters is like, every night, Dad, what movie are you going to watch? She loves movies. She's in the theater. She's like a giant sponge right now for every movie. And I have to basically say, you you should, not not these, not yet. And not necessarily because it's got specific material that I'm trying to protect her from or anything, which there are several. But sure. Um, but also, there's just an... an a, you know, you're not, this stuff's going to go over your head. You're not going to get it. So why don't you wait till you do get it and then see the movie for the first time and let it hit you how it's supposed to hit you, right? Anyways, she's begging to watch this movie, and I finally said, all right, let's watch Blade Runner. Nice. Okay. Now, here's my thing. I can't stand that movie. I've watched it <laughs> yeah, five like or either. six times, and I, every time I'm like, what the hell? I also don't like the the newer one. What the ones, hell? Why does everybody like this movie? I, it, it's it, so this may be your. How do I say? Uh, it, Search and destroy may be to you what Blade Runner is to me. Totally relatable. I completely I get that. I don't like Blade Runner either. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm bored. Okay. With you on that one too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Todd, let me ask you this: What you, you said you've watched Blade Runner five or six times? Yes. On those final viewings, did anything change for you? The only thing that changed, and this happened last night, because, um, I don't know why, because, but, you know, when Rucker Howard is is sitting there at the end, I I, I could never really figure out, I'm like, why the hell did he, did he save Harrison Ford from falling? Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> why? What's the point? And... Uh, earlier in the movie, they they mentioned, and I've heard this, but, but for what, some reason, it kind of it it flickered in my head a little bit, and it said they're beginning to learn these emotions, and they went through them, and I thought, 
what if is one of two reasons record Howard is is either either sit like showing that he is on that he learned like mercy maybe or that he wants at least a witness to his fast flame of life right and yes that was and it yes. and that, that, that everything else was crap but yeah <laughs> but to that point you are correct on both counts that's what it is he he wanted yeah. a witness to it but he he wanted he he was experiencing mercy and sympathy and humanness and wanted to mm-hmm. wanted to die he knew he was dying he wanted to die embracing those newfound feelings and emotions but he wanted right. a witness he wanted a witness for that like he human. wanted someone left to tell the tale to say this is what happened and that's right. that's it which which then makes his going back to um oh man i just blanked out her name Sean uh, the girl, young. I the girl that he's her character, Sean Young, yeah. yeah, Sean Young. It 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 basically took the barrier down for him right. for that, exactly. Right, and Edward James almost, you know, saying that little thing. So like, basically, it's like, crap, 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 crap. Right. Oh wait, what's this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. All right. So now with that with that deeper understanding of Blade Runner. <laughs> Oh, so, that was about Blade Runner. I thought it was like about this. Did it? <laughs> it's like crap, crap, crap. Oh, something interesting. Crap. And that being said, did it make you like Blade Runner any more no. than he did before? Okay. See, this I, is no. I disliked it a little bit less. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I think if I watched this movie, uh, which to be fair, this is my third viewing of your pick. That's amazing. Um, cool. Well, you know, it's it's digestible. It's a short movie. Um, yeah, I hated it more each time. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding! No, see, it had, uh, I that can't had wait the to opposite hear effect the on me. Why? Um, I I did I did dislike it less with each viewing, and I, I'm up to four times. Uh, so wow, yeah. I'm impressed. You we guys take this. Si- we take this show. I seriously. had to take detailed notes on this thing. I wish, man, I, like a movie that's this short turned into like a four hour movie while I was taking notes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and well, I'll and, and I'll play this movie now in the background as we talk about it, just to reignite the you know the feelings I had you know <laughs> when I was watching it, which in this case are all bad, not all bad, but you know mostly bad. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, the weird thing about this movie, all right, and this is I, for whoever might be wondering, like, what the hell's going on with this movie? These guys, search and destroy. It's like nobody's heard of this movie. Yeah. Everybody I tell about this, they're like, "What? There's a movie with these people yeah. in it? The cast is ridiculous." Oh, oh it's so good. This is made by a director who had never directed a movie yep. before, and and uh, written by a guy who had never written a play yep. before. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but it it ended up winning. Um, uh, what did it win? It uh, it won the uh, the Sundance. It won Sundance Best Picture uh, for audience appreciation. Really? Uh. Like okay, uh, yeah. Okay. Was it like uh, like LSD day and they got oh, wow. fucking like acid or something? <laughs> um, I will say, just reading through my notes here because I'm getting ready to start this here. Um, they kind of warn you ahead of time what this movie's going to be. The past is pointless, and just because it happened to you doesn't make it interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is one of the great lines that Dennis yeah, Hopper delivers. True. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly this movie. Yeah. Just because it happened doesn't make it interesting. <laughs> All right, let's oh, get, man. Let's get well, into this. this. Yes, yeah, so we're going to have a good time. All right, so we are watching, or we have watched the, is it yep, 95? 1995. 1995. The, the 1995 movie Search and Destroy by New Image Films and Martin Scorsese. 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 Right off the bat, my my interest is peaked, right? Because I'm like, oh wow, 95 Scorsese. Do you see the cast? You're like, man, this is this is really okay. I'm like, this name sounds cool. So this is gonna be a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. Christopher Walken, John Turturro, Ethan Hawke, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Like Griffin Dunn. Griffin Uh, Dunn in his prime. Douglas. Yeah. Roseanne Arquette. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean. This everything like this is why this makes me so. This is like watching the damn frog uh, frog Uber episode of Mandalorian. <laughs> like you have all this rich shit you can pull from, and you have Yoda eating fucking eggs. <laughs> like, yeah, but you see the difference is Joe. You have more agreement on Search and Destroy than you do on that episode of the Mandalorian. Yeah, I, I'm I'm putting this this movie ahead of that episode. Oh, of that wow. Show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get going. So we start out. We start out with a, uh, um, a a black screen of, and then like it comes into Doctor Waxling, and he's giving his uh, self help course on the four rules of success, which is from his uh, book about Daniel Strong called An Adventure Story. So I'm gonna go ahead and run this clip and let him explain here what these uh, rules are. And here's what I've distilled from years of screw up behavior and also triumph. Four rules, which I call four rules of success. Now, you drill these into your brain. Rule number one, strength needs no excuse. Strength, huh? Strength needs no excuse. Number two, the past is pointless. The past is pointless. And number three, just because it happened to you doesn't make it interesting. And number four, the things you apologize for are the things you want. Okay? The things you apologize for are the things you want. Now, these are rules that you can stand by any time of day, any year, whoever you happen to be or think you are. These will serve you come hell or high water. These are. The four rules of success. So basically he's pointing at this book he wrote um, and he's just telling you the his four rules of success, which uh, I don't really know how to explain this except for it sounds like like a cheap telemarketer trying to like just tell you or a televangelist like trying to like sell you on his message. There's there's some backstory to this. All right. That, that's a, that's a bit of a setup. Now, anybody that. I'm I grew up in uh, Southern California and at the time that this was made anybody who was watching this would have gone through um, uh, a childhood that included L. Ron Hubbard and the Scientology explosion in, in Los Angeles it was everywhere and also on TV there was a there was a gentleman named Dr. Gene Scott, and he was like this pastor slash 
philosopher slash just sort of cretinous guy that just sat in the chair and looked at the camera and smoked a cigar and he had a scraggly beard and he would just drop this crazy knowledge. And so I, I really do believe that those two influences had an impact on, on where this, this whole thing stemmed from. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty interesting. I just looked up. Yeah. Jim I've been Scott by the, uh... and yeah, I, he was a California dude, but I do remember seeing him back then. So that does make more sense to me now as well. Yeah. It was like super late yeah. night and you, and yeah. you'd flick it and he's like right in the middle of that, a rant and you're like, that hat, okay. That weird friggin hat on and yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. <laughs> they always have this, a weird hat. Yes. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of like the people's church with Jim Jones. Cause it really made me want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's not going to let up, Todd. Just so you know, he's going to put down to the And you know, nobody jokes about Jim Jones. The what? Like no one ever jokes about Jim Jones. No, no, no. As we shouldn't joke, but please proceed. Yeah, it takes too long to get to the punchline. Mm. Oh, <laughs> well, guys, uh, it was a good uh, show. Yeah. And, exactly. Uh... We're getting shut down. <laughs> the so, knocks at yeah. the door. So I could just like. Take the easy way out and play, just play the entire movie for you since all this movie is is literally one monologue after another. <laughs> yeah, this movie kind of felt like I was sitting in a high school audition for, uh, I don't know, yeah. a production of, of uh, Macbeth or something. Yeah. It's very, you know, and, and again, Todd, I apologize. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not here. No. I'm not here to shit on this thing. Except no apologies at all. Except it's I I'm I'm looking forward to <laughs> to what you guys hate about it because I think I'm gonna be able to produce some things. No rage, like, rats, oh bro. damn! It just like I have in my notes here that it it began to feel like a, a joyless clerks, <laughs> where like a character would talk for a very very you know extensive period of time, and. It's kind of like the scene in Clerks where the mom comes in and asks for the happy puppy dog, but you don't get Randall listing off the movies. <laughs> it's just her talking about wanting to watch the happy little puppy. Yeah. Well, I think right from the get-go, what I did think was rather brilliant, brilliant is that, um, you know, all the movies at that time and even up to up to the beginning is like, they do follow a bit of a formula and right out of the gate, this breaks that formula. Oh, it definitely does. I mean, that. you're just like, whoa, what, what is this? And so I did, I ask did that artistic marks times, for so that watched... right out, right out of the gate. I did literally ask what the fuck is going on in this movie? Like right. so many times. Well, I, that's something about it that I can appreciate too. It, it does try to do some different things and you can't ever fault, you know, um, an artistic endeavor that, that, yeah breaks the mold um but man oh man like it it just feels like i'm watching a play it yeah. has it has that energy to it well and yeah. sometimes that works really well and sometimes it, it yeah doesn't. see i i got a lot to say i'm just trying to figure out where to where to put it in so so todd you referenced the fact that you know waxling's you know his his spiel there Definitely harkens back to to Hubbard and and, and Scott and I and I I didn't make that connection, but I completely agree with you. So it harkens back to that time, right in the mid early to mid nineties. Um, I had talked yeah. to the guys about this previously, um, you know, off air. I think a, a big a big issue that I have with this is that all right, first off, the play the play in and of itself was was critically acclaimed. It ran on Broadway for a mm -hmm. few months. Griffin Dunn starred in it. 
Um, it's definitely a different version of the story or a slimmed down version of the story from this movie. There's a lot more characters added. I mean, Marie isn't even in the play. Um, mm -hmm. And what I think happened, as happened quite often in the 90s, and with this crew, all right, again, take a step back. The director, David Sally, he's, he's an artist, okay? They were mm -hmm. in the Hamptons, him and, and Scorsese and, you know, whoever else was involved in this flick, and they were so fucked up on coke that they came up oh, with yeah. the idea for this movie after seeing the play. And they all thought it was the best idea ever because that's what Coke does to you. <laughs> it makes you believe everything that you're saying is the best idea ever. That night and day, because I'm sure this went on, this, this Coke-fueled party went on for days, they not only created this movie, but they solved world hunger and <laughs> created world peace in their own eyes. These are the ideas they came up with. And that's sure. where I think it goes off the rails. Like, for me, like, so, Eric, you mentioned, you know, it seemed like watching a play. The moments that I could tie directly to the play, I liked. It's the art school shit that the artist, David Sally, in his pretentious, you know, mid-90s art way, are where it goes way off the rails. Like some 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 of yeah, his right. ideas and that that were put into this, it it, it ruins it. It sours the good scenes so bad. Like what? All give right, me, give me a the, good example. The, the, un, the unexplained, when we get to it, but the unexplained scene where the, it's a freeze frame <laughs> and they just go on to the next scene. Um, the Japanese restaurant scene. Yeah, okay, that's the what? What? Uh oh, that's, uh oh, that's fantastic. I, 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 wait, okay, wait. So we just jumped well, no, ahead. No, I don't. That's why I don't want to. I want to go. Ahead. I still. We, yeah, we'll we get need there. to. We'll we need to right. go through yeah, this. Yeah, let's, oh let's my get gosh! Because I got so many have, things I've to tie. I literally played two minutes of this movie. I know. Not even two minutes of the movie. We stuck. Uh, we just. All, right. all, all we're really saying is that it feels like this guy went to the Star Wipe, uh, you know, film school. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think something else to consider is that also at that at this time, think about who else was like hitting big there was a there was a huge um like b movie like rumbling underneath every like uh all the studio movies jim jarmusch yes. is like doing all these like you know things with like multi you know th these ensemble mm -hmm. casts there's there's another film uh that taturo was in called uh the search for one-eyed jimmy that's also just like this crazy rambling movie but it's uh, it's fun to watch but it's also like what the hell right and there was this current of these thing of of this kind of and thing i think it happening. all goes back to what i said that a lot of these movies were created during coke fueled hamptons parties <laughs> i don't okay. disagree and, with you and, on that and that's the issue i mean you know look i i kind of dig some of jarmusch's stuff but even that gets a little rambling but this this shouldn't oh, be compared yeah. to this stuff <laughs> Um, all right, yeah. let's get on with the fucking movie itself. All right, let's go to minute number two. <laughs> all right, so for some reason, we get these weird interstitial like scenes of a movie that doesn't exist because they're trying to sell this the whole time, but uh, it's parts of the book. So we get Daniel jumping off a waterfall, which leads to absolutely nothing because the past is pointless. Right. It yeah I so all these scenes with Daniel like you know hunting and foraging in the forest and everything there's actually there's a bit of like Wes Anderson ness that's happening before Wes Anderson that's even true. happened that's a good point like 
Daniel finds himself, you know, mm-hmm. wh- whatever the scene is, and it's and it's a setup for something that um, is giving context to the book. Again, think about this. This is at the this is at the dawn of the self help, like craze. Yeah, Tony thing. Robbins this, this, and this, the whole this, yeah. Everything yeah. was exploding yep. at this point, and people were serving up to Lemmings just like. You know the past doesn't matter. <gasps> oh, you know, yeah. and their their lives are changed and everything. So here you have this hapless schmuck, Griffin Dunn, who is is lost, and here's a guy who's just throwing like you know, just schmutz covered softballs at this guy, and he's taking them. Right. Oh yeah. You know, so there's a setup that, that you're kind of being served what he's getting. No, that 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 definitely tracks, man. And and you know this guy and and pretty much every actor in this movie, I like the performances. Like they're, yeah, they're good performances. They're just the movie itself sucks. The good <laughs> plot, <laughs> the plot is terrible. Um, so we start off now in a um, an office in Florida, and uh, we got I got this clip I'm gonna play of so Martin good. of Martin so here. Good. I put I added a little more to it because it's just a good clip to play through. But here we go. Yes. I hate fear. Hate it. Fear that makes you that stops you from realizing yourself. Yourself. What you are. What you know you could be. Because of that fear, no. And this isn't you know. Hey, make me king or why can't I have a Lamborghini? Because people that's not an ambition. They don't know anything. They waste their energies. On what? It's foolish. Have a purpose. A simple purpose. Because I will die one day. So let me leave something behind. Something good. Something lasting. Something of myself. Let them know I was here. Let them know I was here. So wait, oh you wait, no, you got state of what? Florida, $147,956. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's exclusive of interest and penalties. I'm trying to explain my intentions here. You failed to file or you substantially underpaid your corporate taxes for the last six fiscal quarters. That is as Merkheim Enterprises Incorporated doing business variously as Star Time Booking, Big Top Tours, and the Southern Skating Spectacular. I understand your position. You claim payment of $22,000 to a um, to a Lauren Merkheim as a non-exclusive consultant to your firm. Hello, here she is. This is Lauren. This is my wife. I, I happen to have a business degree from North We are interested in seeing your records. We are interested in your corporation's income for the last year and the year before that. We are very interested in determining... What's your point? Please. You owe the state of Florida $147,956. That's exclusive of interest and penalties. If you do not pay, the state of Florida is empowered to place a lien on all your holdings, both real and intangible, and to initiate criminal proceedings. Being his wife, I'm I'm prejudiced, but Martin tends to overreach sometimes. He has his eye on the horizon. It's outside my main focus. Taxes. Your main focus. The area of my concern. Which is... You tell him, 
Well, he's been telling you. You're frightened of dying, was that it? <laughs> no. Look, whatever my debts are, I'll honor them. I give you my word, all right? Now, all I ask, and this is a simple request, okay? Not to be bullied, and not to be threatened. He doesn't respond well to threats. I'm speaking to you openly because I believe there's a better way to be. So when I tell you that I'm trying to achieve something and don't have time to attend every little... You owe us, Mr. Marcom. You owe us, and it's time to pay. This office will be in touch with you shortly. You may find the services of a lawyer useful. <laughs> okay. So I had to play this entire clip because the past is pointless and none of this will ever come up again in this fucking movie. <laughs> Uh, so but no, but that's a whole that's a whole reason because he's like I'm he I'm buried I I got nowhere to go on I gotta he this is this is a, 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 the perfect example of people that exist in life that are totally delusional and believe so much in themselves that they they can't come to coping they can't cope <laughs> with reality I I had a roommate who was the same was like it was watched like watching my roommate he had pictures of of these ceos and pictures of of lamborghinis and ferraris and stuff and and he just was like uh that is who i am i just am not there yet mm. and he would talk like this guy and i was like what the <laughs> hell are you what's wrong with you i need to uh, bring up a name uh before we move on and that that name is elmer bernstein uh, because this movie owes that man an apology for straight up just taking the Ghostbusters score and playing it over the entirety of the hour and a half of this movie. It made me mad the first time I saw it, and it made me mad now. Todd, er Eric is I'm the gonna, biggest it's, Ghostbusters It's so fan. perfect for this movie. What makes me mad is they literally just set up a plot for this fucking movie, and then they never go back to it. But the whole movie is him getting out from under this thing, this weight. No, it's the, him like being fucking crazy about a book. No, but the the book is the thing that's making him delusional about it. That's the whole thing. So he, you have two contexts, all right? You have a guy in the middle who's a completely delusional, uh, you know, I said it before, he's a schmuck. Completely delusional schmuck. But he's got, he's he is in this position He's got this newfound, like, ah, I'm empowered by this book, this crazy book, and I'm also under the boot of the IRS. And the only way for me to get out this is to somehow make a movie, make about this, this movie book out about that's this book not because sell anything because it's a piece of shit <laughs> that he believes in so much, and and the the whole you know. Everybody in that in that era is like everybody was a producer. Everybody's making movies, so like it's totally plausible. That's how people are like you know how I'm going to get out from under this debt by creating a shitload more debt. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but it's all in the guise of something that that people love and that people are going to find fantastic because I'm. It was fantastic. his means to an end. You know. Okay. Yeah. On a on a so non realistic level. <laughs> You know, yes, and just the fact that what like you see this guy giving this, um, giving this you know little speech, and um, the thing that's interesting about it is that while he's trying to convince somebody, you can see him 
trying to convince himself at the same time, like constantly reminding him, like, like there's another him behind him saying, like affirming what he's saying. Like, no, it's not small. Then you're bigger than this. Yes, I'm bigger than this. It's, it's bizarre. Um, and totally real that you might have somebody who's while trying to convince somebody else, they're still trying to convince themselves. Then to be like, like we said, we don't know. We don't know what's going on in this movie still yet at this point. Granted, it's only five minutes oh, in. We're never going to know the, what's going on in this movie. <laughs> the camera spins and you say, see Martin Scorsese, one of the biggest personalities on the entire planet, completely shove aside everything he, he, he said with all this passion and conviction. He says, you right, owe the state of floor. <laughs> Something so exactly. deadpan. God, it was brilliant. Yeah, no, I no, think it's so brilliant. I, I have no problem with the acting in this movie at all. <laughs> like, that's definitely not part of the problem. But so from the, the office of the IRS agent, they now go to their home. And yes. Lauren and Martin are now arguing about this money he owes. She's mad and he just tries to bullshit her. But she's like yeah. used to it. So she's not going to like go for it. So he's like, I'm down on my knees. Um he wants to go to her brother's party, which I don't understand why he wouldn't have just been going to this anyways if they're together, but whatever. Um, she thinks that he's going to ask for money from her brother. He says he's not going to. He starts rubbing on her, and then she gets mad and reminds him that he's trying to be celibate because it's in the book. <laughs> but I need, it, I, need it, I need to take a quick step back here because this is one of those art school movie project moments. Before he starts to feel yes. her up, she's feeling herself up for no fucking reason oh. whatsoever. Okay, it, it. She's teasing him. Well, all right. So then, know, you know, I love. He's more mad that she's not. I love the Rosanna book. Arquette, but she didn't do a good job of conveying that to me, Todd. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. It, it was right. just. It, it's not even that. It, I just that's, think it, I, I, I think get the that way point. it was cut. So again, it just goes back to my point. Like the previous scene. It was a messy the, yes, cut, and that's it was a very that's messy my, cut. My, those are my biggest issues with, with this film, more so than, than Eric and Joe. Like that first scene by itself is a very cool scene. I can tell that Griffin Dunn, having starred in the play, okay, that's a scene from the play because his emotions were, were sincere and real and the way you described what he was going through makes complete sense to me because he, he did that play for five, six months, however long it was, so he knew that dialogue inside and out. When we get to scenes that were not in the play, he goes off the rails. And I'll, we can talk about them when we hit those scenes. But he goes <laughs> off the rails in his yeah, acting. Yeah. And he doesn't act like the same person who is in this scene, you know, doing it well. And that's one of the things that, that, that mm -hmm. you know, gets to me sometimes. Um, and again, gotcha. yeah. yeah. Her, Fair point. Her feeling Fair herself point. up there, and it really wasn't even that. Because, again, that's the director's fault <laughs> that's not the writing that's not the acting yes that's just poor directing and that's that's my issue the inconsistencies you got an hour and 25 minute movie and the inconsistencies make it like a three-hour movie in essence in my head so all right go ahead joe sorry there you go rant over totally fair point <laughs> all right so he's mad at her because she isn't reading this book that he thinks is the fucking best thing that ever existed Mm -hmm. And then she gets mad at him because he's been running around for five years trying to start a business and nothing seems to be working. Um, he doesn't think that he has done anything because he doesn't care about anything. 
Mm-hmm. He's she's talking about things that he bought, like you know, a condo and this and that. And he's like, "Well, I what about my deeds? Like the deeds I'm going to be remembered for." Um, she's like, "Well, what about me? You had me, and then you know, right. kind of ends in that." It's kind of like when you run across somebody who either just joined CrossFit or yeah. or religion. Got, you know, say religion or something, yeah. and and they're just like. It's literally like they're wearing a whole new, like, skin. Yep. Yeah. Or someone who watched, like, a TV show for the first time that, like, people have known about for years. And they're like, oh, shit, I just binged the show. You should really watch this. And they keep telling you over and over. And you're like, I'm not going to fucking watch this show. <laughs> yeah. How do you know, yeah. how do you know someone broke. digs CrossFit? Because they never shut the fuck up about CrossFit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's They'll exactly tell you about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We cut back to another interstitial thing where Daniel Strong is now running through the forest of doubt. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> um, and it's literally a dude running through a forest. And then he like, does, is this the part where he like, uh, where he like guts the rabbit? No, that's later. No, on. I think that's, that's a little later. farther that's off when when okay. things yes, are going bad. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. For, for yeah. Griffin Dunn. So then now we're at this party that uh that that they they broadcasted about earlier in the show that uh he's not there and he's over talking to her brother. Um, at which point, right in the middle of that, a woman runs over and says, "There's some guy doing cocaine in the bathroom." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now this is a this if you know they're South Florida, that's pretty possible. This is happening. Yeah, that's not only possible, like that's yes, for sure 100%. happening. What are you talking? In 1995, oh, yeah. yes. As a, as a South Floridian myself, I 100% that was happening everywhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, he he says that the guy used to have a problem, and he thinks somebody at the party must have gave him the coke because he wouldn't have had it himself. Um, mm-hmm. Martin asks if he's read this book, which of course this dude hasn't read this book because no one's fucking read this book, but like 10 people. <laughs> Even right. Waxling's like, what are you talking about? Oh, that's my book. You, you read this? <laughs> <laughs> and like, he starts like describing this book in like the most creepy way fucking ever. Like, he's just like yeah. going on and on about it. And like, no one seems to give a fuck. Like, um, but eventually he does kind of ask the brother to help him buy the rights to the movie. That way he can make him or write the rights to the book so he can make a movie about it. Um, and then as he's doing this, you see like Christopher Walken, also known as Kim in this movie, standing over to the side, uh, watching him get kind of turned down at the moment. Um, and the brother is like, what are you trying to get money? He goes, no, I don't want money. He wants context. <laughs> and then yeah. the brother kind of just leaves. And Martin, you know, disappointed, walks out on the balcony, kind of pissed off. And uh, I love this. We get we get another clip coming up here where Martin meets Kim, and uh, this is like, you know, when you run into that guy who has the same interests as you of, of something that no one else gives a fuck about. That's kind of what this is. <laughs> mm-hmm. So here we go. People waste time. Pardon? They waste time. They start arguments, make excuses. Factors arise, moments pass. You sit in the car and wonder where you're going. Hmm? Why you have to get there? You smoke? Uh, no. Me too. <laughs> Evenings like this, huh? Get in the Mediterranean. Do you? Oh, yeah. I'm Martin Murkow. Kim. You're not a friend of Rob's? No. I didn't think so. You in business, Mom? Well, uh, yes. I say this. Bless the businessman. They are the agents of our hope. And yourself, are you in are you in business? On occasion. Freelance capacity, and I do market analysis, mostly based in New York. 
I've read that, you know? Daniel Strong? You're kidding. No. It had a powerful effect on me. Really? That scene on the mountaintop where he's all alone and he's lost and starving. The sun begins to rise. The city is stretched out below. He remembers the day he killed his father. He hears a voice. His own voice. It's his own voice inside his head. And it says, there was nothing to be forgiven. Anything possible was possible. It's the best book. When you're 19. <laughs> I'm going to make a movie of it. I overheard. That's a superb idea. You're not in the film. No. I'm sorry. Don't apologize. Don't have to do that. Right. I'm really sorry. So, I love it. the first thing that's actually the most interesting thing of this whole scene is the song playing in the background that makes me think of Bad Santa every time I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, this this is uh this is also you got to remember in context when we think of Christopher Walken now he's he's played so many fun and crazy characters and maybe not fun is the right word but just sort of whimsical dark and crazy characters since this movie yes up to this point he was in like really heavy shit like yeah deer hunter yep and 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 um oh what was the stephen king one um the shining shoot. anyways no uh, not the shining uh, oh, no, the, uh, um, yeah, yeah. oh uh, uh, uh what is it damn yeah it's the one where he senses yeah. things are gonna be bad and they really are anyways so he was up to this point he was this like emerging character and he just kind of had this dark edge to him and it was just like almost not it just isn't right dead like zone. everybody else and this is the first yeah. time dead, dead zone, zone. Yeah. gosh yes. what a great movie um this is the first time one of the first times that we are seeing christopher walken in a cast as a somewhat comical um antagonist yeah all right that makes sense I'm with you on that. Yeah. So at this point now, um, you know, they've just shared their mutual love of, of this book and they're finishing each other's sentences. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, the brother comes out and asks him to leave the party because they think he's a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Kim gives Martin his card and tells him if he's ever in New York, come see him. Uh, Martin says he's going to go do the movie himself. We cut back yeah. to Martin sitting alone watching uh, Waxland's show. Um, he's really getting into the motivation parts about changing his life because he doesn't feel like it started and the clock is ticking. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, like, when he when they're talking about the book, it's, it's not unlike uh, when people say or start talking about, like, they're sharing stories or quotes about, like, Ayn Rand. You know, like uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Atlas Shrugged, or you know, yeah. Any of, hey, how do you know? So, how do you know somebody thinks um, Anne Rand? Because they don't shut the fuck up about Anne Rand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Exactly, um, and it and it, but and there, but there, it that is a thing in in our culture that people can 
immediately flashpoint on and say, okay, I get something about you right there. Yeah. So Martin decides he's going to go to Dallas and go visit uh, Wexling Studio. Um, he walks in and sees Marie sitting at a desk. And Martin asks her to go see Dr. Wexling. And Marie asks if he wants to see the doctor. Or asks why he wants to see the doctor. And at that point, we get another clip. Because uh, there's so much like monologuing in this movie. And like, like I said, yeah. as far as the acting goes, the acting's excellent. I'm not even going to like pretend to like act like the acting isn't great. And the speaking parts aren't great. It's just this plot. <laughs> this fucking plot. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and roll another cri- uh, clip here where um, uh, Martin meets um, Roger. Hello. Hello. I'm Roger. Yes. All right. You want to see Dr. Waxling? That's correct. That's not possible. Why? Because he's busy. Perhaps I can help you. It's a personal matter. Of what nature? Of a personal nature. <laughs> well, getting personal is what we're all about here. But what you should know is that Dr. Waxling requests that applicants first complete the mastery sessions before any kind of consultation can take place. Now, what I can do is Who set are up... you? Excuse me? Who are you? I'm Roger. Dr. Waxling's personal assistant. Roger. Roger, okay. I'm not here for that. Would you please tell him that Martin Merkheim is here to see him? I am president of Merkheim Enterprises Incorporated. I have flown here directly from Florida. I have some very important business to discuss with him. And what company would that be, sir? Merkheim Enterprises is a diversified organization I'm focused primarily in the field of entertainment. We're a prominent presence in the southeastern states. My company owns several television stations in Florida and Georgia, WKRG there. And we have interest or active in the area of motion picture production, which perhaps you've heard is... Uh, Prime for some explosive growth in the peninsula, with heavy involvement from the major studios. Yeah, it must be great. Well, in fact, it is. It's very exciting. And unfortunately, I have a very busy schedule here in Dallas. I'm meeting shortly with some petroleum people. I'm leaving tomorrow. So if Dr. Waxling wishes to meet, it's going to really have to be in the next half hour. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. I'm afraid you're out of luck. Dr. Waxling's taping all day. Okay. Roger, that's very good. No, but look, sir, I, I, I know you. you're just doing I, a job. No, and that's no, all sir, I told you. Dr. But you don't quite understand. No, I, that do, I, I do. I do understand. I do. You want to see the doctor, right? And you can't. I will tell him that you came by. You can leave him a note. You can send a fax. But you cannot see him. Okay. Can I just say that your behavior here, sir? Today, I should tell you just... that this building is an excellent security staff. And that's a threat. Now, now you're threatening. Is that a threat? Are you threatening me? Enjoy your stay in Dallas. So basically, he gets shut down. He's trying to sit. The the punchline was right after that. Oh, I was getting ready to restart this back up here because I was going to talk. Okay, Because I was going to let Marie. (laughs) I have this because, like, I have, like, four clips in a row right here. And I wanted to talk a little bit between them. But, um. I'm going to go into Marie and then him going to, to lunch her because we got to get her movie pitch in here, too, because yeah. that's, yeah, that's yeah, classic. Yeah. But he's trying to get in here to see the doctor because he wants to bullshit him like that. He's a movie producer and get the rights to his movie. Right. Um, you you have this person where you can see like this pathological guy lying about who's, who's who who are you like yeah. this is a guy who's literally nobody. Yep. Bullshit. Walking into somewhere where. Someone is somebody, 
and questioning him, yeah. which is, it's just, who does and that? Roger is played by Ethan Hawke, too, which is another yeah. actor in this movie. Um, but yeah, he's, he's kind of like, um, you know, there and the guy's like, what do you know about viruses? And he's like, I'm the best virus person in the world. I know every <laughs> virus that ever existed. Don't question me on viruses. I got yes. a guy who's I'm... the biggest virus expert ever. I do good yeah. viruses. I do viruses very well. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, that's kind of like the bullshit level that he he portrays yeah. in this movie. It's huge. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. <laughs> so I'm going to let this this clip continue on here for a second. We'll, we'll, we'll meet Marie here, who's the girl working as the um, assistant here. And uh, I'm going to let it go all the way through her movie clip because um, they're going to go. He's going to ask her. Or she's going to ask him. I don't remember how the fuck this goes. But somehow they end up going to a restaurant and she t- explains this movie in detail. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's probably the, the best part of the whole movie. Be, be, before you before you kick that off, I th- I think it's worth saying. Because now you, you've you you've seen this guy come in and he's got, he's like, I've done it. I'm here. This is going to be great. I'm going to get the movie. And he's just shut down Instantly. so hard. And the only thing he can say at that point is I think the line that we're about to hear I don't know what he hears an accent you mean like a Texas accent yeah well you know everybody's from everywhere yeah are you a producer pardon a movie producer yes yes I am what kinds of movies Various kinds. <laughs> like uh, slasher stuff? No. More like uh, people talking. Once. Did you see Fried Green Tomatoes? No. I was involved with that. Could I send you one? Send me what? One I wrote, a script. I took a class. I mean, why not, right? I have ideas. So, uh, could I? Would you mind? It's Marie, right? Right. Listen. Oh, uh, send it to you or whatever. Gotcha. No, no, Marie. No, I don't work that way, okay? I don't treat people like that. I would like to hear your script. I, I just can't right now, okay? I'm I'm leaving tomorrow. I could... No, never mind. I'm sorry. It wouldn't sound... What? No, it wouldn't sound right. Um, send me your script. What? Well, I'm free tonight, but... You want me to come to your hotel? My hotel? Um, mm, sure. Yeah, why don't you do that? I'm at the... Uh... <laughs> Uh, Omni. Yeah, it's right by the airport. Exactly. Should I bring the script? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is the most so awkward transaction ever. <laughs> like, he, obviously, because he doesn't care about having sex because he's celibate. <laughs> but should I bring the script? Uh, yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, oh. <clears throat> oh yeah, sure. <clears throat> you bring the script. Yeah. Uh, I I just love how nonchalantly he plays that off, even though he's being silent. He's like he's still completely, you know, like. Uh, and <laughs> should I come to your hotel? Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, sure, that's a good he's, idea. He's completely oblivious to his inadequacies. That's that's the thing. Even even oh, with yes. with yeah. the, the you know, even how Ethan Hawke's character drags him in the previous scene. Todd, you're right. His line about the accents, that's all he took from that. Because he's completely oblivious. Yeah. He's he's yeah. unstoppable in that sense because he's oblivious to to the yeah. fact that yes. he's being shut down. It's not going to deter Honestly, him. 
it's a good thing he's celibate because he's like the not doesn't get the no means no. No, exactly. But it's yeah. not a conscious. It's not a conscious decision to ignore no means no. It's it's under the surface for him. It just doesn't penetrate. I think you know. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, I gotta say, right, that's a great are, point. It's a great point. You're winning me over a bit, buddy. All right. I still have no, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Listen, I've, I've, I've got my issues, and that's not going to change. But I think my, my issues stem from structure and, 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 you know, directing. So, here's the thing, man. This is a cool looking house with like a really shoddy foundation. No, so far. and I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with that. But I, I understand. I, I now, even at this point, completely understand Todd's. This is like a one bedroom, three bathroom house. But I understand. <laughs> Todd's appreciation for this movie. <laughs> I do. I completely get it. Yeah, That's it is. Perfect. Joe, that was good. It is. And then and then just when you think you're like you're really getting sucked into the thing, then you hear the Yeah, exactly. Oh, and you go, yeah. Oh, here, here it comes. Yeah. It's gonna be stupid again. Okay. So now we're getting ready to run one of the best like parts of this entire yeah. movie. And that's her explaining her her it's script. So oh before wait, Joe, before you roll this. I have to correct myself. I was wrong. I looked through the play cast again, and Marie is in the cast. And a cool piece of trivia, on Broadway, she was played by actress Welker White, who we know from Goodfellas. She was Lois the Coke Mule with the hat. Oh, She was in the Broadway play. There, there were, there were so, other big... So the worst person from Goodfellas. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the, the complete fucking plot unraveler of Goodfellas played. But no, there's a lot of cool people that were in the play besides Griffin Dunn that recognizable faces oh, and such. Oh, yeah. Goodfellas again. Um, once again, going back to me and my wife watching uh, Modern Family, fucking Ray Liotta was in one no, of the Ray episodes. Ray Liotta is a rock star. <laughs> playing... He was playing Ray Liotta, and he was like old and like l- lonely. So he like took the the redhead um, guy like to go meet Barbara Streisand. <laughs> oh, that's great! That's <laughs> but Barbara Streisand wouldn't let him in of the gate. Not. She's like, just just uh, stay yes. outside. <laughs> hey Joe, real real quick, um, pretend it's 1995, and you just handed me the script. I'm Christopher Walk, and you just handed me the script for this movie. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Sure. Wow. I, take... <laughs> I will not take no for an answer. You're going to make this movie. Oh, that's all I had. I'm sorry. Oh, that's it? I was going to be like, you, you see, I carried the oh, script God. in a very uncomfortable place to bring Bad it to New York you. accent. Because that's why it's so shitty. Uh, Joe's New York accent is the fucking worst. Okay. That was, that was Chris well, Rock. That was even worse than a New, yeah. York, New York accent. Please. Well, my head. You see, I I had this script in a very uncomfortable place. No, you sound like uh like uh Long Island oh, Dragon. Except, thank you, thank you, Eric. Yes, yes. I came here to suck blah, blah. If your you know, life depended on doing a Christopher Walken blah, blah, blah. Joe, you'd be dead. Blah blah blah. Forget okay. about it. I'm like I'm like uh what we do in the shadows, <laughs> Staten Island vampires. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait till that comes back. But anyway. Um, God, I love that show. Yeah. So, but you know, yes, please. Next scene. Do you know anyone with a birthday? Get them some custom art at artofericpabone.com. Want to impress your significant other on your anniversary? Skip the wilted flowers in the dirty CVS teddy bear. Commission a custom family portrait at artofericpabone.com. Maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. 
head to artofericbabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericbabone.com. Thank you.